0: Poor mindset versus rich mindset. We are diving into the secrets of a millionaire mind in this episode. I want to know if your life is similar to this in any way. Rewind the clock five years ago, I had a trip to Miami. Before that trip to South Beach, Miami, it was a vacation. I was going for three to four days. I went to Nordstrom's. I bought about $3,000 in clothing and outfits. That equaled three outfits. They were custom-tailored. Pair of shoes, an additional $500. Took the plane to Miami and spent so much money $25 drinks, $200 dinners, all on a credit card. Why did I do this? Because I had a poor mindset. Hey, the pictures looked great though. I looked like I was living large, but I was putting myself more in debt. On the way back from Miami, Heading back to Baltimore on the flight, I opened up my phone, looked into the iBook store, picked up a book. It was called Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. I read that book. I couldn't put it down on that flight. I mean, I speed read that thing. And by the time I got off the flight, my mindset had changed, just like the snap of your fingers. And that is where becoming a millionaire starts. Before we get into the big picture ideas and thoughts, because Kate, this is one of your favorite books too.
1: It is. Love this book.
0: We need to throw something out there. In our society, it's taboo to talk about money. It's taboo. Our parents teach us that we shouldn't put any value in money. We should be happy with the littler things, the smaller things. First thing I want to throw out there is that I think that is complete bullshit. Get your opinion on that, Kate.
1: I agree. I remember I always used to try to initiate conversations with my parents about, you know, what they made and sort of, you know, what financial position our family was in. And, and they never wanted to talk about it. It was always just sort of like a, well, you know, that's, you know, not information for you kind of thing. And we've talked about this in other podcasts about how that's why people don't have much financial literacy is because it's not something that's bred into us. It's not something that's cultivated from, from an early age, but, that's sort of going off on a tangent here. I, you know, I, I agree there's definitely a taboo and, and it shouldn't be there because it's really not about what you have. I mean, wealth and sort of your socioeconomic status is, is, is a mutable trait. It's something that can fluctuate. It's something that can change at any given time. You could be the wealthiest person, not the wealthiest, but you could be very well off and, you know, have something bad happen. Your Something could happen to your health. Something could happen, you know, in your life. You could, your business could take a dive. You, your stocks could, you know, drop. There's any number of things that could happen that could change where you fall in the spectrum, but it's really the mindset that makes you rich or poor, not how much money you have in your wallet.
0: 100% and by the end of this podcast, you could make that snap too. We're going to lay out some really big picture thoughts and ideas that are directly from this book and from our life. And I'll tell you something very funny. You know, Since we're on this topic here, I believe that money should be looked at as time. And the funny thing is, right now I drive a 2016 Nissan Sentra, completely paid off. It's got like 30,000 miles on it but I've had some very flashy cars in my life. Now driving around this little white Nissan, I have 1,000% more in my bank account, investments, paper assets, growing. The interest on them is compounding. And I'm driving around in this little rinky-dink Nissan. And if you look at everybody else, the, the poor mindset might see me roll up in the Nissan and think, wow, this guy must be broke, but it's really funny. I've met with people from medium cap to large cap companies and they're driving around in a very similar car. It's because of this millionaire mindset, which we're going to dig in. Let me talk about the first big picture idea here. The rich think big. They think big picture. The poor mindset thinks small picture. Ben & Jerry's. Ben & Jerry's does a free ice cream cone giveaway once a year. People will come and they'll line up. Are you familiar with this, Ben & Jerry's?
1: Oh, yeah. I actually worked at Ben & Jerry's for a summer in college, so very familiar (laughs) with the free cone day.
0: (laughs) Awesome. So you see people lining up for the free cone?
1: Absolutely. Ours was on Main Street, and there were lines all up and down, flanking the sidewalk. It was crazy how many people showed up that day.
0: In Cape Cod, where you're from? hmm Awesome. Check this out. People will wait an hour. How much is the price of that free cone?
1: Uh, probably four or five bucks.
0: Four or five dollars. You're saying, if you're waiting in that hour line, that that four or five dollars is worth more than your hour of time and this, drill down and look at it, this is exactly how the poor think, they will scavenge coupons over and over again for Target or wherever they shop just to save a couple measly dollars. Your time needs to be worth more than that.
1: Yeah, I see that so often. I actually caught myself the other day. I was in Target I had a whole bunch of groceries, probably about $100 worth of groceries that I was picking up. And I had a gift card in my purse, but I, for the life of me, could not find it. So I dug around for about five, 10 seconds and was like, you know what? I'll just use it next time. I'm just going to pay for the groceries because it's not worth my time to sit there and dig around, nor is it worth the the time of the 10 people who are behind me, right? Because that happens (laughs) all the time. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So you're not wasting just your time. You're wasting everybody else's time. Um, But I, I completely agree with this one. Ready to dive into number two?
0: Number two, big idea.
1: All right. Number two is that poor people focus on obstacles while rich people focus on opportunities and really what this one is about is so many times people will say oh there's too much competition like I would love to you know build wooden canoes but you look online and there's just everybody's building wooden canoes and I have no idea how I'd even begin to get into that space but that's something you really love right that's your craft that's your passion whereas a rich person would look at that and say what can be unique about my canoe? Or what niche can I serve? What problem can I solve? People who use canoes, you know, what's the number one complaint? What's the number one problem? What's the number one issue that they confront that that I can solve with my product? And that's really the key differentiator between somebody who's got a poor versus a rich person mindset. It's
0: a great big idea. And just to look at that a little closer, this is a common denominator across the board with successful people and non-successful people people that are not successful always focus on the problem people that are go-getters people that are driven they focus immediately on the solution they see the problem they're all right with that like kate mentioned here how can you be different? How can you be more unique? And and right across the board, everything you do, you know that that if there's success anywhere, there's money to be made anywhere, there's going to be other people doing it. Suck it up, move in there, and you can still get around it as long as you can be unique. So I love that one. And on that same token, I want to give you the number three big picture idea from this book. Poor people will see a company that's doing well, whether it's the canoe company or whether it's Nike or whether it's another big brand, and they immediately look at the person that is profiting. The people that are doing well in that company, they say, oh, those greedy pigs, they're just hoarding their money. Or they might look at somebody they really wanted to be like. They might see an athlete and they might say, wow, he makes too much money. They resent success, rich people, and rich mindset. They see someone successful, and they want to get to know that person. They want to reverse engineer that person's path. They want to know how that person did it.
1: I love this. Short of, you know, somebody who's a hedge fund baby and inherited their parents' money, there's nobody out there who's doing well in life that has not worked hard and fought for whatever they have. And so if you see somebody, athlete's a great example, um, you know, actor, actress, they probably got denied a lot of roles before they ever got that one that led them to their big break. And so resenting somebody for, for essentially their hard work is a very poor way to look at the world. And It's not going to make you happy, and it's not going to lead you to success.
0: And it's not just about money. Talking about mindset here. Think about another great example. You see a guy in the gym or a girl in the gym that's really hitting their goals. They have an elite physique. And you got that one buddy. You got that one person that will say, oh, steroids. They're just on steroids. That person is just angry because they don't have the. Work Work ethic to get there. They have a work ethic 10,000% over that guy that's sitting there bitching and moaning and complaining that someone else is doing better. And they're most likely not even on steroids. It comes down to their work ethic.
1: And it's just a big excuse. I hear this all the time. People saying, oh, you know, so-and-so only got that promotion because they knew the right people or they got lucky. They were in the right place, right time. And yes, sometimes there's something to be said for that. My first job, I was in the right place at the right time, but I also worked hard. That's always going to be the case. It's not because somebody, you know, Schmoozed and knew the, knew the right people, it's because they were smart enough to leverage and to play the game right.
0: And aside from complaining about people making certain employment positions, have you ever seen a Ferrari drive by? You ever seen that really nice Lamborghini drive by? <clears throat> Do you think, wow, that's a nice car? Now I could get there one day. I could get there so where that car is only 1% of my whole income. Or are you the person that sees that car and goes, wow, they must have got lucky. They must have inherited that? It works in all aspects. You should admire the people that work hard and never resent them because resenting is for that poor mindset. Big idea number four. This one is the big differentiator in life. This is close to my heart. When I was a police officer, I had one particular month, I had many months, where I actually blew the stats away. I mean, I my stats for arrests, traffic stops, were 10 times as much as the person that was second to me. And I can remember one month, it was August, I worked 12 days, I had 39 single arrests, which is unheard of. I had 120 traffic stops. And I was doing this in hopes that, you know, I would progress my career faster. Well, here's what happened. And after all that work that I put in, I got the exact same paycheck as the other rookies because I was time gated. My career had been time gated. I went into my sergeant and I was pumped with my results. And I'm wondering what this is going to get me. Am I going to get a raise? Am I going to be able to move to the detective faster? And he said, oh, you're in the wrong job, son. You know, you have to move up based on your time. The poor choose to get paid based on their time. This is just how it is, where the rich people choose to get paid based on their results. What they put into a project can make them tens of thousands, hundred thousands to millions of dollars versus the poor mindset where you will always 100% be gated on your time. You'll get an hourly rate no matter how good or bad you do. There's no incentive to work harder.
1: I really like this one. People... And I think this is something that's been built into us, the millennial generation especially, which, you know, millennial, there's no real clear definition of what that means. But, um, you know, certainly our generation and below, we have this sense of, you know, if I work on something for six months, I should make a lot of money off of it. It should set me up for life. The reality is we live in a very fair world, at least with respect to markets. If your product is not good, the market's going to let you know that, and they're not going to give A care that you put six months, a year, a year and a half into creating that product. What matters at the end of the day is, is it good? Is it usable? Does it solve a problem for somebody? Is it something people want to plunk down their credit card or their hundred dollar bill and and spend their money on? Um, And it really doesn't come down to time. It comes down to effort and what the end product is.
0: Absolutely. And you know who gets a has to eat a lot of humble pie in this society, you said millennials, college kids. They get out of college, they put their four years in, some of them five years, some of them six or seven years, right? But they put their college in and then they get out and they go, I've got a college degree, time for me to get a job. I put my time in. Unless you're deserving. And the underlining fact of this principle is skills. If you don't have your skill built up, doesn't matter. You could have your little glowing college degree. The company's not going to let you walk on and do anything unless you're useful to them. So for this one, you should always magnify and try to focus on your results, and your skill building versus that time-gated career path. The next big picture idea is financial intelligence. Back to my beginning story of going to Miami and blowing all that money, getting my credit card built up. Sure, it might have looked great on the outside, but there was something very bad happening here, which was the management of my money. I was mismanaging it. Rich people and rich mindset have very good financial aspects and financial intelligence. They read things like the Wall Street Journal. They learn what investments are. They learn about the market. And if you're like me... You didn't know about the stock market when you were in high school or coming out of high school, if that's where you are. You're nothing about these markets. It's funny. I graduated with a college degree and still had no idea how to trade a stock or really what one was.
1: I like this. One aspect that's important for people to keep in mind is, again, it's a, as with everything, it's a spectrum, right? So you have managing your money well, which could be making investments, purchasing real estate, having passive income, but but there's a middle ground between that, which is taking affirmative steps to generate more income, right? And then the bottom end of the spectrum, which is blowing your money on things you don't need to impress people you don't care about. The middle ground is just saving your money, being smart about what you're spending your money on, thinking twice about whether you need something or not personally. I actually, you know this about me, I won't buy something the first time. Like I'll go on you know express.com to buy a suit and I might see a suit that I really like. But I won't buy it then. I'll think about it and I'll go back. And if I really care about it and want it enough, I'll go back and I'll buy it. But it's it's taking the time to really think about your purchasing decisions and whether that's a smart investment of your money as opposed to just sort of, you know, shooting first and having buyers remorse later
0: purchasing on emotion, basically. Mm -hmm. You won't purchase on emotion. It's very true. And I can tell you right now, if you're listening to this and you have money issues, you're mismanaging your money, we've gotten glowing feedback. So many emails flooded in on our how to get out of debt episode. So make sure you check out, go back a couple episodes ago and listen to the full system on how to get out of debt. We put that together for you. And toward the end of that debt system, we lay out something extremely important, which is the next big idea for the secret mind of a millionaire, and that is making your money work for you, not working for your money. If you take nothing else from this podcast episode, I want you to take this one word. It is one of the most important things in money making that people do not know how to do. Some people don't even understand it applies to finance, and that is leverage you cannot be doing everything yourself you've got to use your money to make more money you can leverage your money funny thing you might not know about the bank if you ever look at your bank account go look at your online statement it says credit when you put money in your bank account it says the bank has credited you for your money You don't actually own the money once you turn it over to the bank. They're using your money. They take your money. The the business model of the American banking system is to take your money and lend it out to other people at a higher interest rate and make more money with your money. Now, sure, your money's guaranteed by the FDIC, things like that, and it's protected to a degree or to a point, granted that markets don't crash on us or implode, but understand that the premier model of banking is this key principle. It is using money to work for it. People at the top benefit from this. And the rich, the rich mindset understand that they have got to use that money. They can't be sitting there worried about, you know, back to the first example, saving a few bucks here or there, or even out making a little bit of money with their time. They have to use the money to work for them.
1: This is another one while we're on the subject of stigmas and things that are sort of taboo to talk about. Using other people's money and leveraging the power of that to to generate new income is something that there's a lot of of negativity around that. You hear people all the time, you know, casting aspersions on, you know, Donald Trump, which I you know, I said enough bad stuff about him in other contexts, but um you know, he and, and other businessmen out there knew how to use other people's money to get where they got. And you know, you can't fault people for doing what what is smart and is prudent as an investor, as a business person, and you know, calling somebody greedy for doing that is is really not the right way to think about it because it's something anybody can do if they have the right skill set and they take the time to acquire that knowledge.
0: And and that goes back to the first point where if you're calling them greedy, you're resenting them instead of admiring what they're doing. Even if you don't personally like them or you don't personally think they're spending their money well, you think they're buying dumb shit purchases because I'm all for that right? I am not for spending money on ornaments, things that make you look a certain way. I'd rather reinvest that money and buy paper assets. And as a stocks and real estate speculator myself, I can tell you it's not driven by greed. It's actually driven by the opposite of greed. And one of my mottos is to build wealth and give back. It's very important to do so. So understanding the concept of making money work for you is a very, it's the next level of finance. It's a very important key of becoming a millionaire and switching, flipping that script.
1: So the last one here, rich people take the time to learn and grow while poor people think they already know. And this is something I see all the time where people who, you know, really should be a little bit more humble about their skill set, the knowledge that they have, sort of where they are in life, think that you know they've already got it all in terms of what they need it's just you know for some other reason it's not happening for them like oh it's the time's not right i you know i have this that or the other thing going on in my life when really it's it's not that it's that they don't actually have the skills that they need Whereas rich people I know, Ryan, you read a couple of books a week. You know, I make it a point to read at least one book a week and you know, take that we talked about this before. Pick up an article every day about something I know nothing about, something financially related, something business related, something in the legal field, just to expand my skill set. and it, that's really the, the fundamental difference between people who are going to grow exponentially and people who are going to remain stagnant or even fall backwards.
0: Absolutely. And you know, in true Success Convo fashion, if you guys, this is your first episode listening, you make sure you subscribe to Success Convo. But I want to do something a little different here. We always do a big takeaway. I give my big takeaway. Kate gives her a big takeaway. For this one, I'm going to go ahead and roll directly into my big takeaway. I'm going to be a little harsh here, a little cold reality. It's the internet age. What do you see all over the place? You see opinions. Here's my big takeaway. It's a question that I will ask you. Why do idiots have the biggest opinions? Every idiot steps up and knows every damn thing about politics. Think about political season. Look how many posts go back and forth on your Facebook page. Look how many posts you see on Twitter. Look at the different comments and opinions you see on Instagram. Every idiot has the biggest opinion. It is so true. Where the people that are smart, the rich mind backs off, just listens, and they take in knowledge. I'm the first person to tell you, Kate just told you here that I read a couple books a week. I see myself, for lack of a better term, a fucking idiot. I don't know everything. I barely know anything. The more I learn, the dumber I feel. And I honestly think that that is something that helps me progress in other markets. I need to know more. I always want to learn. And even if you're not gonna go pick up this book based on this podcast, you have got to be learning, constantly picking up other books, constantly picking up other things from people. And I know some people don't learn just by reading. You don't have to. To have a book, maybe it's an audiobook, even this podcast, listening all the way through to the end. But the biggest thing here is you've got to be on a constant, steady path to learn. Another thing, just to cap this one off before we get Kate's big takeaway, is that you the knowledge you learn right now is probably changing. It's mutating a lot or evolving. The shifting markets that we're in. Things have never moved this fast with internets. Think about how fast. Video game progression has happened. 1972, Pong was out. We're now in a virtual age where some of these video games you can't even differentiate them from actual reality. Imagine where we're going to be in the next couple of years. To be at the forefront or to be successful in any career path development, you've got to constantly and continuously be learning. Let's hear Miss Kate's big takeaway. She's going to rock it. Know it.
1: <laughs> My big takeaway is something that I personally loathed for the longest time purely because I didn't understand it, and I don't think many other people understand it, and it's called the process of manifestation. And manifestation, oftentimes, people will talk about it like, I'm going to say to myself, I'm going to wake up every day and look in the mirror and say, I am a millionaire. I am a millionaire. And they they don't really think about all the steps that it's going to take to get to that final place where they are a millionaire. They just think that saying it, saying it, saying it, like they truly honestly believe that it will manifest and they'll become a millionaire when the reality is there are a number of steps in the chain to get to, you know, saying it and actually becoming it. And the, the acronym is T F R. and the way it works is that thoughts lead to feelings, feelings lead to actions and actions lead to results. So it's not just the thinking it and the saying it. It's the thinking it, the feeling it, the acting on it, and then seeing the results. And then acronym is an incredibly powerful way to think about what it takes to get from point A to point D. And something that I encourage a lot of people who are just starting out, not really sure where to go to take into account is that that Tfar, that process of manifestation, not just the saying it, but actually taking the steps to make it
0: happen. That's awesome. I love it. TFAR.: TFAR.: That's really cool. I love that. It's a perfect big takeaway. And we're going to wrap this episode up. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining the Facebook group. This is where we discuss Everything that goes on in Success Convo, we have great discussion points, great group of people in there. There's a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of money makers. Join us no matter where you're at on the rung of the spectrum. Only thing we ask is that you come ready to learn and you come ready to be successful. That is Sleepless for Success Facebook group. That's where you can find it. Make sure you guys sub to this on iTunes. This is Success Convo. Please go ahead and rate it. Give it that five. Let us know what you think of it. We are going to keep ramping up some really, really special special episodes, contests, giveaways, a lot of things are changing and advancing, and evolving for this show. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode of Success Combo.